and welcome back to another exciting episode of Into the Breach. I'm your host, Andrew Cook, on my way to work, and today we're going to talk about some headlines. First headline up today and from this Easter weekend that just passed us um, is the unfortunate death and terrorist acts in Sri Lanka that have claimed the lives of 321 people. Uh, Indications are, as of today, which is Tuesday following, that it was an Islamic fundamentalist group in Sri Lanka acting in response to the mosque attacks in New Zealand several months ago. some people have doubts about the accuracy of that statement, but um, you know, three days after, they're still um, just doing the investigation. So let's let give them time to figure that out, and hopefully um, hold those accountable. 321 people are uh, is a lot of souls, and um, you know, regardless of their religions or their cultural backgrounds or nationalities, all of that stuff, um, it's a terrible loss to humanity. So uh, please keep them all in your prayers, their families, their loved ones, uh, and their souls. Sri Lanka, by the way, has had a terrible history of bombings. Not that they're related, but um, if you go back and some of the scholars are doing that now and looking at Tamil Tigers and all that stuff. I don't think any of that's related to what happened on this weekend, other than the fact, other than maybe like the means of the method of death and terrorism, i.e. bombs, is probably the only connection uh, to the historical violence in Sri Lanka and this past weekend. Um, I, I think that the, the I don't think any groups are involved. I I just think maybe knowledge has transferred uh, from those decades about bomb making, which is also a bad thing, by the way. Don't do that. There's your good good advice for today. Write that down, folks. No making bombs. And I was going to try to avoid a political segment this morning. But I read an article about the Democratic candidates having a town hall and trying to differentiate themselves from each other. I just think it's hilarious, uh, regardless of where you stand on the spectrum. I'm going to watch, oh, full disclosure on the Democratic side. I'm going to watch the debate. I'm interested to see where they all stand on a host of issues. Uh, You know, letting inmates vote, free college tuition whatever will garner them more votes in the voting box. So I I will watch the debates. I'm interested to hear where they all stand on their positions. I have less than 20% faith in any of them in what they say transla- in a debate this early. Not debate, town hall. Okay, town hall. What they commit to this early to their... Uh, constituents being being any form of their platform or their agenda or their administration if they were to get elected. And we'll come back to if they're going to get elected. So, 
I'll, I'll watch the debates, the town hall. You should too. You should be interested in who's representing you in government, whether they're representing you today or might represent you in the future. So please do not get disheartened by um, political affairs. Be interested because it's important. They make a lot of important decisions, and one of which we'll talk about next. But so let's go back to their chance of defeating Trump next year. Um, their chance of defeating Trump next year is Wall Street gave it, I think, a less than 30% chance. And that's just based on historical, you know, likelihood of a president to continue into a second term and, you know, current state of affairs and the economy and that, all, all, all sorts of, wall, you know, Wall Street. Oh, I just did my air quotes. Wall Street factors of smart folks. Um, I would give it as a several time GOP voter, although not for Trump. Um, and and it can't stand his political theater and theatrics. I really do think he still thinks he's on like evening television doing a game show host. Um, I would give a Democratic candidate, regardless of which one. Oh yeah, yeah. By the way, I don't don't have a favorite of the Democratic candidates at all. I I just don't think yet. Maybe I'll develop one after the town hall. Maybe I'll lean towards one or the other as far as who I think has the best chance of being a candidate against Trump. But even that candidate, whoever he or she may be, I would give them a less than 10% chance of beating Donald Trump for the presidency. Less than 10 Wall Street gave him a 30% chance. I think that's way too high. I just, I, that, my gut instinct, folks. What do you, what do you, what are you gonna do? I don't know. Um, what do you, what do you think? I'll ask you guys. Call in. <laughs> Can you call in yet on, on Anchor? I'm not sure. Anyways, so I think it's gonna be less than 10%. We'll find out. Like I said, watch the town hall. Figure out what these people are trying to do. The changes that they make and that they're promising have a direct impact on you, your children, your children's children. So um, don't ignore it. It's very easy. I've done it myself. I'm guilty of shutting it off. Even the headlines. I just, I mean, at one point I was trying to figure out how to filter. Oh, one point, 20, 15 to 16. I was trying to figure out how to set up my news filters to just remove, you know, President or Trump or Hillary from... If, if, there, if those three keywords popped up in a headline and just to remove it from my newsfeed, it was just absolutely uh, awful. Um, so don't, don't do that. Don't fall into that trap. It's easy to do. Um, filter it out. Talk about it. Also talk about it. People say don't talk about politics. Absolutely talk about politics. I just had this conversation with a colleague of mine um, who used to work for the DNC. Um, and she's super bright um, and super uh, skilled in uh, a lot of things, business and social medias and public affairs. And um, she was 
talking about office, uh, you know, whether you should or should not talk politics in the office. And absolutely, you should talk politics in the office. You know, people disagree all the time. Absolutely. You, you need to disagree with people to see other people's opinions, see other people's sides, understand where people are coming from, um, and even if you don't agree with them. So, yeah, talk about politics in the office. It doesn't have to get violent or stupid. Every time I say stupid, my kids say, Ooh, Dad, you said a bad word, because we raised them that stupid is a bad word. Um, so, yeah, there's a side note. Stupid is a bad word. Stupid makes you sound stupid when you say stupid, so don't say stupid. It's pretty much what we told our kids. Um, anyways, there, there's a side note. Um, so stay involved with politics, even if it gets crazy. If you need a break, oh, definitely talk in the office about politics as well. Yeah, thank you. Um, if you need a break from, from politics, you know, do something else. Read a book. Watch a movie. But, but definitely don't just shut it off altogether. Oh, and you can also, here's a good thing, skip the poll primary seasons and just wait for the general election. Uh, and don't even get involved in that until the debates start. So just catch the tail end of politics. That's a, that's a good way to kind of limit the intake, too, if you can. Oh, and if you figure out how to filter the headlines from your news feeds, let me know. Send me an email. I'd be interested to do that, maybe, uh, for this upcoming election. Uh, not the whole thing, not the whole thing. Like I said, I'll take it in moderation. But, um, yeah, stay involved. Be smart. There is a Census 2020 debate going on right now. Uh, really interesting news story, actually. For once in a long time, I saw a headline on this. It came up about a year ago. And then it fizzled out somewhere in a lower court. Um, it's still in the courts, obviously, because it's super, super important. And I hope that people are reading the articles on this and the, and the news media that comes out around it. Uh, the United States does a census once every 10 years. I think I'm getting my facts straight there. Once every 10 years, it is a census. It's a survey of its citizens and population. Um, they use this survey to for a lot of reasons and a lot of purposes and it has a lot of questions on it and um, it asks you about your um, age and your nationalities and your whatever 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 and and geographic locations and all, uh, it just surveys the entire US um, and they use this survey for a lot of purposes to include a uh, number of house seats in Congress um, to make sure that the number of House seats are accurately represent the population, growth over the last 10 years, and also um, funding. Obviously a, a big concern. So where federal, the amount of, where federal dollars get obligated to based on the amount of population. So for example, federal government funds a lot of transportation work um, roads highways bridges that kind of stuff if there's a sudden humongous increase in population in say I don't know Austin Texas um, the Austin Texas metropolitan area will get more will likely I shouldn't just say it's guaranteed will likely get more 
federal funds towards things like infrastructure and roads and bridges and whatever else federal funds um, the federal government funds so very very important um, census very important that the information is accurate in it I think that is probably questionable I kind of think of this like the census as like a survey monkey survey like um, I know you've seen those so like the standard like 10 question free like survey monkey thing that you can that you get sometimes um, from different organizations how is our service you know click 1 to 10 that kind of thing um, I do wonder about the overall accuracy of the census and who is responding to it and how good the federal government would be at actually getting um, responses from everyone knowing how hard it is to survey even a small population for something as simple as customer satisfaction uh, in my business experience um, surveying you know 300 million people uh, and getting uh, an accurate response in a country that votes where you know 50% of the people or less don't even vote um, I just uh, I do wonder about the accuracy of the entire census. Um, however, however, neither here nor there. Um, what's important and what's in court and what's been in court and what will be in court until the day that the census is published and what will probably be protested after the census is published and not released or not considered or, or considered. I don't know how it's going to go. But... One question that I think the administration wants to put on the census is a citizen, what they're calling in the media a citizenship question, which is, are you, are you a U.S. citizen? I think it'll probably come out in a different way. Do you consider yourself a U.S. citizen, or were you born and raised in the U.S., or were you born in the U.S., uh, are you a naturalized citizen of the U.S.? I don't, I don't know what citizenship type questions that it that is. Um, but if you think back to all implications that this census is used for, this is why it's a big deal. Because some parties and people don't want to be providing federal tax dollars to non-citizens. And I say non-citizens. I think that's politically correct. I'm not saying illegal immigrants. I'm not saying... Anyways, there are a lot of names for them. I think non-citizens is correct. If it's not, somebody will let me know. Um, so, they don't want to have representation of non-citizens in Congress, and they don't want to have federal funds being spent on non-citizens of the U.S. Um, both very logical concerns... Um, I mean, I don't think that's, you know, a discriminatory practice. I don't think it's inhumane. It doesn't stop people from moving around the country to other areas to 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 benefit from representation and and funding, federal funding opportunities, grants, that kind of stuff. Um, so I don't see a problem with the citizenship question off the 
that. Um, I think I'm, I'm skeptical. I don't want it to be used to hurt people. I would like to kind of see what the final proposal is for the question or group of questions uh, before it's put on the census because I'm interested academically. But I, outright, I don't have a strong um, opposition to such a thing. So we will see more to come on that because it is still in court and... Like I said, it will be in court for a long time. Um, and even if they collect the data on the citizenship question, it'll still be in court. And the use of that data, is a, it, there's a huge question mark over. Oh, that's the other thing. One more item on the citizenship question and the census of 2020. There's a fear that non-citizens who receive a survey that asks them if they are a citizen will be targeted will A, not respond to the survey altogether which is there's a high probability of that if you're a non-citizen and you're asked to fill out a um, a survey uh, you, you may not respond uh the second one is if um, you're a non-survey and non-citizen, and you do respond, is law enforcement going to then look for you at your residence where you're responding to the survey as a non-citizen in the United States? Uh, uh, yep, that could happen. I could see customs and immigration officials using that data collection as a means for uh, pursuing illegal immigrants in the country. Uh, not sure it's a really good way to do that. Um, it's not a very covert way of doing that. Uh, so uh, I don't know that that's likely possible. I don't think that's their intention. I really don't think that's their intention. Um, but t time will tell. Somebody's going to ask. Somebody should ask. Andrew, if you were an illegal immigrant, a non-citizen of this country, and the federal government sent a survey to your house and said, hey, answer this group of questions. What's your nationality? Mm, Honduran. Are you a citizen of the United States? Mm, no. Were you born here? Mm, no. Are you a naturalized citizen? Have you come in legally and done all the paperwork and all that stuff? Mm, no. And then I file that back in the mail or online or however they're going to do it. And two days later I get a knock on the door with some handcuffs and some police officers. I... Is it possible? Yeah, it is possible. Um, the, fe the data collected by the federal government can be used by probably any federal agency. Um, they talk to each other. Thankfully, they talk to each other, folks. I'm not saying they shouldn't. Um, so it's not impossible to see a scenario where the Department of Homeland Security gets census data collected to pursue 
um, illegal immigrants. And I'm not saying they shouldn't. Um, but it doesn't seem like a very covert way, and I would, I would agree that if you're a non-citizen, you're, and you think about all those implications, the likelihood of you responding to the survey is very low, which will reduce the total population reflected in many, many, many large metropolitan areas. Um, so it will underrepresent the population in metropolitan areas and overstate the population by relationship, by percentage, in rural areas. So uh, obviously um, good for the GOP, uh, which is why they are pursuing the citizenship question. And we'll all follow it closely in court and in the news media. Interesting way to go about a lot of things. Um, kind of one of those administrative ways uh, to shape the future of the country for the next 10 years. So it's a really, really big deal. Pay attention to that one. The last headline we have this morning is about self-driving cars. I believe we've probably had a segment on self-driving cars before and the truth of the matter is my opinion has not changed. In the case that we haven't, here's my opinion. Um, no one wants self-driving cars. <laughs> it's that simple, folks. There's not a market for it. Nobody wants it. Nobody needs it. Um, it doesn't add any value to it. People like driving their cars, especially in America. They can compl complain about the traffic. I think complaining about traffic situations is good for people. It gets them to talk and um, commiserate, uh, even if they hate the traffic themselves and they get to the office place or their school or wherever they're going, and they can all commiserate about how terrible the traffic is. Okay, great. So they spend a couple minutes talking over the water cooler or the coffee pot uh, about how terrible their commute was. Okay, and then they get, get what? Guess what? Move on. Nobody wants self-driving cars. Um, the infrastructure is not there to support it in cities. The, uh, oh, so then uh, this all comes about again because Elon Musk, our famous friend from Tesla, um, said that he's going to be rolling out in the next three years a production level of robotic cars. So he made some statement in some press speech about his next set of keys will be sold to, to robots. Um, here's the thing. I love Elon Musk. I think he's hilarious. Uh, I don't think he's a genius. I just think he's hilarious to watch. And if you had that kind of money, just his, his brain is not on a whole different level. He's not coming up with something, you know, genius. He's just, he just has a ton of money. So he does whatever he wants. So it's fun to watch him from that standpoint. Um, he used this speech that he gave to talk about um, self-driving cars, uh, Tesla self-driving cars, a couple days before there was going to be a really, really bad earnings call. So I have no problem at all with a founder of a company coming out several days before or after an earnings call that was really bad and dropped their market share 
to say, hey, this is the great, crazy, new, wonderful, visionary thing we're going to do. The problem with this announcement is it's kind of like, hey, we're going to enter this new market of self-driving cars, but we can't make even cars. Like, we can't even produce normal cars at a normal production rate. So, it's a stretch for Tesla, like, huge stretch. And it, and also, it, it falls flat a little bit for me, for Elon Musk, to be, who, who, who comes up with crazy ideas, right? To say, hey, we're going to enter the self-driving car market. Because there's already a market for that. Like, there's already over 100 companies manufacturing cars and technologies for self-driving cars. So you're not doing anything new. You're just saying, hey, we're going to get into that market. Um, so great for you. Welcome to the market. Um, the market that shouldn't exist, by the way, because there's no demand for self-driving cars. Uh, th- folks, I don't... Someday in the near future, somebody is going to say, hey, self-driving cars were all a hoax. The technology that we developed along the way was great. I'm sure there's some of it. You know, think of, think of like NASA comes up with all new technologies that are used for other reasons that aren't their intended use when they start out with. So I'm sure that technologies are being developed in the self-driving car. My wife just drove somewhere. Hmm. Um... There are technologies being developed in this market and industry that will be beneficial. But the end product, the, quote, self-driving car, is not wanted. So, uh, in short, okay, whatever. Develop the technologies. See how we can use them. See how we can make society better. Uh, If it results in a self-driving car, super. But I just don't see a market for it um it's not going to make people much more efficient even when they're sitting in their self-driving car they're going to they're not going to like pull out a newspaper um they're not going to sit there and play on their phones they're still going to be watching what's going on around them um as they drive down the street or as they're driven down the street so i just there's not a market for it. It's a, I don't want to say it's a big hoax because something's going to come out of it. Some good technology and benefit to society, I'm sure. But I don't want a self-driving car. Uh, I'm in my mid-30s. I don't know anyone my age or younger who wants a self-driving car. I'm not saying they don't want to be involved in the industry of the technology of making something like that. But they don't want to own a self-driving car. There's just not a demand for it. doesn't make any sense. Now, efficiencies in cars, sure. You know, hybrids and all that stuff to save on gas money that you can see tangibly right off the bat. Absolutely. I don't know that there's any cost savings uh, with a self-driving car either. So, um, we'll see. Uh, More to come. But for right now, I don't have a problem with him using it to dodge a bad earnings call. Um... And I don't have a, any problem with the technologies being built. Oh, also, technology, I think that, you know, the, the car manufacturers, um, they have the money and they have the resources for the automobiles, but I think that the cities have to play a role, too. I mean, there's a lot of infrastructure that has to go into place for 
the cities um, involved in investment from the cities involved in if they want self-driving cars on their streets and also those liabilities involved. I just don't see it happening. Um, good luck with your self-driving cars.